Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay guys, welcome to Heavy Metal Tones episode 4. This week's episode is Black Metal. Uh, it's one of those um, polarizing subgenres of the metal community. You either love it or you hate it. There's really no in-between. Uh, I used to absolutely hate it. I couldn't understand it, couldn't get into it. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit on how I come to uh, really love it. Um, but yes, where does it? Where do we all begin? Now, the reason I've brought this subject up so early on in the series is that it's going to warm up here in Canberra, so I head towards summer. And strangely, and again, this is in part three, you'll find out why, but uh, I always get very in the mood for some very dark black metal when it gets into summer. I know, weird, isn't it? But it is the case. So where do we begin, guys? I think we begin at the beginning. Um, you know, in the stages of this wonderful genres that we listen to in metal, and there's so many of them, uh, you have to look at the progenitors or the original people. I mean, firstly, you've got to start with Black Sabbath. So Black Sabbath bursts on the scene, and they create this album with music that never been quite heard before. They weren't doing anything new musically. They were using the... Um, the augmented fourth and diminished fifth tritones so it's the devil's interval it banned by the pope back in the 13th century uh for uh, just for the fact that it was um it was thought to, to be an evil sound it was because it's a dissonant sound so it's not it's not an easy likable um piece of music this interval you'll know as soon as you hear it um, if you listen to Black Sabbath's first song on the first album, you'll hear it straight away. It's the, it's there, the flat fourth, so augmented fourth and um, flat fifth. And so they made these albums, and they made a, they moved away from that sort of sound, became more heavier. Although Tony Iommi still used them. And then after that, the first band to really do it. To make it, to, well, actually, to 
put their name to the genre is Venom. Um, I adore Venom as a band. I think they're probably my most, my favourite, my second favourite metal band out of Iron Maiden. Um, they, they straddle two genres, Venom. If you've never had a chance to listen to them, uh, I highly recommend going out and listen to their albums. Uh, first album was released in '81. Uh, December of 80, November, yeah, December of 81. I'll just double check my notes. Here is Russell, 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 Russell. Um, I wrote it down. Yes, um, December of 81. Welcome to Hell. And that particular album uh, with Mantis, Jeffrey Dunn on guitars, Kronos or Conrad Lent on... Um, uh, bass and vocals and Aberdon or Tony Bray on drums um, they straddled the new wave of British heavy metal movement but they also were born and brought in by the uh, DIY uh, ethic of ethos of punk and if you listen to the first two albums particularly they are punk albums I really I mean interviewing with Jeff um, later on, he says that they are, were more a punk band than a metal band, and I think I sort of agree with them. They weren't really new wave of British heavy metal, although they are because they're in that particular point of time. But I think they step outside that. More, you could never say that Venom were like Iron Maiden, or Iron Maiden like Venom, or Venom were like Praying Mantis or Tigers of Pang Tang or Angel Witch. The closest they were to them was Witchfind. But which find were cl- more had closer derivation to Black Sabbath, to be honest, and same with which find a general more doom based Black Sabbath stuff music. Anyway, they released this album, Welcome to Hell. Picture it; it's uh, it's got a pentagram on the front, and it's got um, the goat of Mendez, which is the um, Baphomet, which is the uh, this leading symbol of the Church of Satan on it. Uh, uh, terrifying if you'd really, you know, this had never been there before. And so you'd, you'd get the album, you put it on, and think, how, what is this going on? You know, I'm, I'm going to put it on. And I, and it, it, I f- remember, I didn't come into the band via them. I came into the band via the third album, which is their, I think, their epic album, their their concept album, Welcome to Hell, uh, At War with Satan. Uh, but really, truly, their uh, this first album with you know you've got um, tracks on it like One Thousand Days in Sodom, which then on to, on to inspire the name for the band of Sodom, um, In League with Satan, and there's a there's a track that's not on it, but it was released with the single, which is my favourite Venom song, which is Inomine Satanus, uh, which is a satanic prayer almost. Um, they were saying they were doing the satanic stuff purely to shock. It hadn't been done before, and they needed to. F- they wanted to find something that was different. Um, uh, and musically, the first two albums are extremely raw. Uh, they're not. If you're gonna go, want to listen to clean, polished heavy metal, don't go looking for those albums because. Oh, I still want you to anyway. But if you're looking for them, you that sound. You're not going to get it. You're going to get. I mean, there are sort of eponymous stories that Conrad would 
got a chainsaw uh, when the um, when it's in the recording in the studios for Neat Records because they were from Newcastle up north in the north of England, and he cut through a door with a chainsaw to get that sound that he wanted that he couldn't get with his guitars. I mean, is it true? It could just be one of those lovely uh, rumours, but who knows? Um, then the year following, they released Black Metal, the self-titled album for the new subgenre. Um, I think an even better album than Welcome to Hell. Uh, really, you know, it has quite simply the best extreme metal song ever made on it. It's got Countess Bathory. It ain't sing-along. It's bloodthirsty. It's angry. It's demonic. It's delicious. All the D's there. Um, and it really, you know, along with, um, uh, you know, I mean, it's so many memorable tracks on that album. Uh, it's just hard to really, um, really, what can I say? I mean, you've got, uh, um, now I'm going to be here one second. I'm going to pause for a second because I've gone absolutely blank. Sorry, guys. I had an old man moment. I made my notes. I know this in stuff inside out. It's my, fa- my favorite bands, but I didn't want to get it wrong, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to edit this shit. So just enjoy this. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, uh, Black Metal, uh, Countess Bathory, uh, Don't Wor- Burn the Witch. I mean, these stuff. Uh, and then, of course, right at the end of the album, they gave us a taster, as I said to before, for... Uh, uh, at War With Satan. Uh, wow, what an album that is. I remember my mate Crazy Melvin. I had two mates, Crazy Melvin and non-Crazy Melvin. <laughs> That's a different story. But Crazy Melvin gave me uh, his um, copy of At War With Satan. And you could read it a different way. You could think At War With Satan, like against or at war. But it basically means on his side facing the angels. And it just it starts it's atmospheric the whole a side is one song it's just wonderful and i first listened to the album walking home back to my squat that i was living in at the time with friends in wimbledon across the railway tracks i put it on with my headphones on because i did it on cassette and it scared the living shit out of me and i was staying in a house with no lights it was all candles um, i'm not christian i actually come from a mixed f- religious background my mother was a Jew my father's Christian so I'm sort of mixed or lapsed um, or either way Christian and Judaic faith so I was never really a, a religious person but I grew up in a time in the 70s when um, we were a bit more I mean my father would stay up late with me because really, bedtime back in the 70s when I was a kid having four other brothers was like free range do what you want but my dad loved horror movies but he wouldn't watch it on his own. So we'd stay up late and watch. I'd watch Hammer Horror every Tuesday and Wednesday night on a weekday, the Hammer Horror movie or something else. Or, and then we had kids' programs that were terrifying. We used to watch a program called um, Sapphire and Steel with Joanna Lumley in it. And it was just, you know, again, I can't describe it. You need to go and YouTube it. It was about a couple of... Um, I mean, even I don't know what it was about, really. It was... These interdimensional horror stories. These characters were named after elements and they could travel through space and time. And it was just amazing. 
but it was terrifying. Say with early Doctor Who, we were scared by that. There were things in it that we just lived in an area where kids were scared. It was sort of like almost a rites of passage. Um, so I loved that kind of thing. So what it was given to me, what for that to scare me then must have been something because I had never been scared with music before. I'd been scared with audio books, listening to the Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, audio books from the library of my brother in the dark as a kid you know fond fond memories you know being so scared i couldn't leave the room to go to the toilet um what when i was watching uh, salem's lot when i was nine you know um i had to get being you know at a nine-year-old having to be escorted to the toilet i mean this is funny so what i'm saying is they really had a very heavy and demonic sound and so it was quite shocking. And for, for when, when someone does something new, it either does one or two things. It either disappears into the ether and nothing happens, or someone hooks into it and thinks, I really want to listen to more of this. Now, musically, they weren't doing what the black metal bands did further on into the late early 90s, as we'll get to in a minute. They weren't doing trim picking and blast beat drums and guttural vocals they were just doing heavy rock um, heavy metal punk driven sounds for a three-piece they had a very big sound I mean when they did their uh, seven dates of hell tour Metallica supported them at the um, Hamsworth Odeon they used to make their own pyrotechnics often um, the stages would get completely ruined because the fireworks that um Kronos and 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 Mantis and Abaddon wanted to do because they want they thought you come to see a show you want a big show uh, and they really want to give a big show like Maiden do now they wanted value for money and that was a lot there was pyrotechnics um you know they did lots of fantastic um uh photo shoots and skulls and blood and invert crosses and again this is really to scare i don't think any of them are and i know jefferson i don't know that um tony wasn't i'm not i can't speak for chronos but i don't think that they were devil worshippers and even if they were who cares again it's a religion it's it's not genuinely they're not all sacrificing babies at dawn all right uh, you know midnight um it is again only a religion and you choose to follow it or you choose not to um, either way um, so what happens how does it leap from uh, the sound that you get and you had then to the sound that you get now well we're coming up to the break so we'll have a chat once we get from the other side um, I'll see you on the other side about that one and we'll talk about the next phase of the black metal um, sort of genre I know, guys, you're thinking, I want to buy a new CD. I'd like to buy the new vinyl version of the Iron Maiden album. Oh, mine a T-shirt. Oh, everyone's locked down. Where am I going to go? I don't want to necessarily wait for months on Amazon or pay through the nose at JB Hi-Fi, who's just going to go to one conglomerate company. I want to keep it local. Well, I would go where I go, to Landspeed Records. They're in Garima Place. They've been there since the early 90s. They know everything there is about record collecting and they can get whatever you want for you they are a fantastic bunch of guys 
enthusiastic, friendly, and informative. You can buy from record from them online at landspeed.com.au. That's landspeed.com.au. And I'm sure they'll get it for you. Even if you send them a message, they can work something out. They always get what I need. They're the home of the Record Store Day. I think that's the only place in Canberra that really should go to on Record Store Day is Lands is Landspeed Records. Yep, that's me. If you're looking for stuff, head there. Um, I know I always do and I always will. Cheers, guys, for looking after me. Welcome, guys, back to part two of this episode about black metal. Um, so, the Norwegian bands, uh, the ones that we all know when we think of black metal now, if we, you listen to this podcast, you're not either new to heavy metal and just getting into it, or you already know much about it. If you know much about it, you know your black metal. Let's, let's look at the, 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 the genres trope, shall we? Um, corpse paint, so that's the black and white death paint. That's the lots of blood-stained leather, big nine-inch nails, you know, festooning the armbands. Um, if you look at early Slayer and you see some Kerry King, he has that as well. Um, there's lots of that going on. It's lots of inverted crosses, spitting blood on, uh, on stage. Um, they they have the... Um, it's like almost a festy, um, uh, rotten, um, uh, dank, just come out of the depths of the hell of holes in the ground to, to slither around in the, in the nights in the moonlight it's almost how you feel with that um, that's the image now that image comes about early on in the Norwegian movement from like 89 through to about 93 uh, because what they were doing then with bands and I'm going to get my bit of paperwork Russell 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 Bands like Burzum, Dark Throne, Immortal, Satyricon, Enslaved, Mayhem, Emperor, and Gorgoth, to name a few. Um, what they were doing is they were creating this, they wanted something, I think the, uh, sadly, the genre is marred by some very sad events in the early 90s, about 1991 with the death of some of the protagonists either to murder or to suicide and to some ritualistic church burnings. I'm not going to go into depth into these stories. I don't want to do that. There are plenty, There is plenty of other podcasts and YouTube channels and web pages that are, done, that are connected to that. There are some good movies and documentaries. I don't really want to sully um, this um, story. I really don't. Um, uh, this podcast. The reason I don't want to do that is that it just it's, uh, it's got nothing to do with the music. If I was to delve down into that um, rabbit hole, what I do then is then I I start to talk about other things and I'll walk away from the whole point of this podcast and that is to talk about the music of it. And so back to where we're coming from. So those horrible things aside. The young boys and that were creating this music, I th they were deep down. I think they were quite not twisted is the wrong word. I think they were very sad characters and they were very um, lonely characters, and they were very drawn into the um, the 
the ethos and the story and the heritage of Norwegian Viking um, uh, non-Christian uh, non-religion in general's um, story I think they they wanted a, a pagan they were pagans this this be honest black metal at its root core is a pagan music now pagan doesn't mean sacrifice it doesn't mean ungodliness it means um, it means to be worshipping something that's not of an organized religion it's worshipping nature it's worshipping the the world and the way it turns and it's and and at a more um, a more non-esoteric level and so they delved into the history of their of their beautiful nation Norway is a, a wonderful nation and has some uh, beautiful beautiful heritage in its and I think they grabbed that that's how I see it they grabbed that and they grabbed they gravitated to the music of Venom and to Black Sabbath and to Witchfind and to um, Diamond Head and all those new wave of British heavy metal bands actually and just took it up one extra notch you know they went from singing clean vocals to these screaming guttural um, v uh, noises I mean if you watch any of the videos like from bands like Immortal and from Burzum and they're always in forests in the snow they're always in their corpse paint they're always scuttling around like a creature from the dark and I think that's how they saw their selves I think they saw themselves in a a darker more twisted way and those people that created the atrocities in the uh, in, in the movement um, were just like anyone else I'm sadly were had m mental conditions and and this way of expressing themselves and it became very tribal the murder and the church burnings was tribalistic you know one band didn't think the other band was quite hardcore enough so what we're gonna do I'm gonna go kill the lead singer Let's go burn some churches to prove that we're not Christian and we're anti-Christian and want um, our nation to be back or our, you know, to be back to that paganism before Christianity. Um, so that's where that sound is born. That I mean, the vocal. Let's go to the vocals. Okay, so where people can't enjoy black metal, they can't get into it, is that the vocals are too extreme. I was the same for a long time. If I couldn't read the lyric, the I couldn't read the um, the band's name because it was sort of way it was the the italicism of the name was all scribbled. You couldn't read. Like, look, uh, some of the extreme metal bands you can't read. Their name, the the artwork is so extreme you can't read the name of the band. I was like, oh well, I don't want to know. I can't hear what they're saying. I'm lyrically driven. I come from a prog background. I want to hear what the story of the song. Um, but then I had a an epiphany uh, I had a moment and it was listening to a, um, not a Norwegian black metal band for the first wave but it was the first wave of uh, a Swiss band um, uh, uh, now I'm thinking you know you're gonna know you're all gonna know this band Hellhammer right they then became Celtic Frost and I, I was listening to them thinking hang on the vocals are like an instrument 
I love an aggressively over-tortured, over-driven, heavy guitar. This is exactly what this is. I can't hear what he's saying, but I can hear his tonality and his passion and his anger. And it is beautiful in an, in an aggressive way. It really is. Um, I don't need to know often what they're singing about. I can look at the lyric sheet. I don't really care. Uh, and and so that's how I look at it. I think you guys should go out that way and do the same. If you can't get into it, don't think about it as a vocal point. Think about it as another instrument within the band. Then you get the guitars. And again, what they did in 1990 onwards, they moved back to those devil tritone intervals. The augmented fourth and the, and the, and the, and the diminished fifth. And they used... Um, a combination of what we call trim picking. So it's it's like a the, they're replicating the tremolo arm on the guitar with a picking technique, and that with the combined with the tritone becomes this eerie, tortured, cold, spacious, um, demonic sound. I mean, only a hundred or so years before. People were listening to Wagner's Ring Cycle. Now he's using diminished fifths and augmented fourths. He's making this cold, wintry sound. And I think, again, also, um, uh, so were some of the early, like I said, Mayhem and Burzum. They were doing these sounds. They were using that, that sound to create this cold and it never been done before to the limit they did and it still stands to me as some of the most um uh alongside the punk explosion uh, the way they create took that sound to me it, the black metal scene is very much like it's probably nothing like it on earth musically in in our genres anyway I, I mean you've got now spawned other genres death metal um you know, thrash metal. Um, I mean, there's so many. I could go on about, you know, technical death, progressive death, um, um, symphonic black metal, progressive black metal. I mean, you could twist it however you want. It has to start somewhere. Um, and then you get to the drums. Now, everyone assumes that, well, I did for a long time, that blast beat drums which is that really stark, fast, aggressive drumming in sharp um, intervals, was uh, invented by the black metal movement. It wasn't. It was actually uh, invented by the drummer of um, Napalm Death, Mick Harris. Um, my brother actually knew the lead singer quite well for a long time, actually, uh, Lee Dorian. So um, I got to see Cathedral at their very last gig at the Sydney... Soundwave. I got to see the, one of their very first gigs when they, I think, they were just signed at the um, Tufnell Park Dome in North London with the Bill. Listen to this Bill. I mean, unbelievable. It was Enslaved. It was um, Cathedral, uh, Candle Mass with Messiah Marcolin. I actually bought him a beer. Um, but one of my. Um, one of the best moments of my life, actually. Um, and one other band, which leaves me a little bit... I cannot... There was a very support band. I think it was something like... Uh, to do with Nick, Nick Crow something. But again, I can't... I can't remember. 
had too many beers that day, I think, probably. Um, plus, I was in awe of uh, cathedral and, and Candlemas. Um, yeah, so... I'm so sorry. I absolutely let it... Well, that whole thing, my whole train of thought went there when I just went into a daydream about that, that gig I went to. Um, anyway, what what I was saying, basically, um, is that you know, it's a it's a sound that is uh, that has been copied, and the blast beats I thought were originally were that no, it's napalm death. So the drums you get in um, a lot of the early black metal is proto blast beat, and I, I would probably say I reckon that Mick Harris was listening to that stuff. He may be, he may not be. It was around the same sort of time. I mean, you never know, do you? I don't want to take away someone's um, someone's invention or or or. or uh, importance within the genre so if I've got that wrong Mick I'm really sorry um anyway uh, you can research it but there's only so much you can research you can't prove someone was listening to one thing or another so that's the sound it's cold it's stark it's drastic but it's also beautiful in a in a nihilistic and so what I'm trying to say is guys go out there and give it a go find the first Burzum album first Mayhem album um, if you don't want to go that deep you know as I said Celtic Frost before they were, uh, before that they were Hellhammer um, there's At The Gates it's a sort of a thrashy band I mean a lot of people are not quite sure whether Venom was a uh, an extreme metal band or a thrash band to me they were an extreme band they engineered the sound of thrash a thrash comes from that first wave of thrash anyway i think later thrash is more comical but the it, it they created and they invented the extreme metal sound um they're now called there's two versions of them now you've got venom and venom inc tony doolan um uh, and jeff are still tony doolan came in once Kronos left. Uh, Primeval was the album onwards, and I still think Primeval was their greatest album um, uh, of the Tony Doolan um, era. Demolition Man. He's called a lovely, lovely guy. Tony, if you listen, I know we chat a lot. You're just one of life's true, great musicians and a wonderful man. Philanthropic and friendly, just great. Anyway, enough name dropping from me. Um, yeah, so. Yes, try that. Get into it. Give it a go. Don't let it put you off. I mean, it scares some people, but you'll open the doors to a greater environment. You really, really will. There are. I mean, I can't name every band here on this particular podcast. I'll also be here all day. We're already going a bit longer today because I haven't even got yet to the reason why I mentioned Christmas at the front and summer, which I'm going to get to after the break. Um, it's quite funny. It might be lighthearted compared to this sort of heavy sound of uh, talking about death and darkness and satanism anyway uh, please give it a go I'd love you to um, if you do and you want to sort of some feedback give me some you know if you want me to um, give you some ideas please email me at heavymetaltones at gmail.com that's heavymetaltones at gmail.com and I'd love we can chat and I can give you some ideas some good bands to start if you're not sure where to start um, or you can give me some feedback on what bands you think um, you love, and I'd love to give it. Listen, I may not have heard them. I can't I haven't heard everything, so it'd be really, really good 
um, to go there. As I said, um, I hope you're not disappointed that I didn't go into depth into the more darker side of this genre. Um, I don't want to in this podcast, and it's my podcast, so <laughs> that's fine. Um, otherwise, look, I'll see you on the other side of the break with a bit of a laugh. I know, guys, you're thinking, I want to buy a new CD. I'd like to buy the new vinyl version of the Iron Maiden album. Oh, mine a T-shirt. Oh, everyone's locked down. Where am I going to go? I don't want to necessarily wait for months on Amazon or pay through the nose at JB Hi-Fi, who's just going to go to one conglomerate company. I want to keep it local. Well, I would go where I go, to Landspeed Records. They're in Garima Place. They've been there since the early 90s. They know everything there is about record collecting and they can get whatever you want for you. They are a fantastic bunch of guys. Enthusiastic, friendly, and informative. You can buy from record from them online at landspeed.com.au. That's landspeed.com.au. And I'm sure they'll get it for you. Even if you send them a message, they can work something out. They always get what I need. They're the home of the Record Store Day. I think that's the only place in Canberra that really should go to on Record Store Day is, Lands- is Landspeed Records. Yep, that's me. If you're looking for stuff, head there. Um, I know I always do, and I always will. Cheers, guys, for looking after me. Welcome back, guys. Again, this is a slightly longer episode. I really am struggling to get them to 30 minutes. I've been given some feedback that you try and keep it the same time every episode, uh, but really, I just can't, because um, I'm going to ramble here and there, and there's information I want to get in. I don't want to squeeze and miss things out. Um, so um, if it's a little bit uneven in length, uh, I've looked at some other podcasts and they're pretty cool with that. You know. Anyway, the funny side. Now, I mentioned the reason I get into the black metal when it gets warmer. Um, I love Christmas. I said to you earlier, I'm from a mixed faith family. My mother's a Jew, but she loved Christmas. Loved presents, loved giving, loved the family get-together aspect of it. We didn't practice the Judaic faith in my house because of dad's Christianity and I think mum just kept it to herself anyway that just a different thing but I every year put lots of lights up outside my house I do it um, because my father-in-law does it um, I do it for the kids in the neighborhood I do it for my own artistic self I also just love it I actually also and this is going to make you laugh man guys but I collect ceramic Christmas Santa cookie jars don't ask again you don't need to know why it's just something I've done for years and I just love it it's a quirky side of me that is just always going to be the case I've got about 30 of them now anyway so one Christmas so I, I, it takes me about a week and a half maybe two to get the lights up all perfect how I want them outside the house and um, and inside the house as well, and I was, it was about five or six years ago, maybe longer now, and I was putting the Christmas lights on the side windows, and I had my, as I'm always got music plugged in, and I was listening to something, and for some reason I was listening to some metal, and it clicked over in the Spotify thing, you know, and it goes, you want to listen to this, and on came Celtic Frost. I can't tell you the name of the song. It just came on, and I'm standing there. It's picture this: it's hot summer, it's thirty odd degrees. 
I've got Christmas lights in my hand. There's, you know, it's it's meant to be a time of peace, love, and Christianity, and I'm listening to the darkest, dankest, fastest, foulest heavy metal I could listen to, and I absolutely loved it. I just I remember opening the window, shouting through to my wife, and going, "Tell her um, the delicious irony, people. Pick the, the irony. It's beautiful." It's almost, I could have spread it on toast. I, I, I was like, this is so deliciously counterpointed, so juxtaposition to itself. I, I can't tell you. And it made me giggle. And it makes me giggle all the time. People will think, oh, here's a, here's a, a Jew that loves Christmas that plays black um, satanic metal while he's putting his lights up. It's just wonderful. So every time it gets warm, and start, and we get nearer towards Christmas. I start thinking about satanic black metal. That's it. Now, not, I mean, I find it really amusing, and I really, I just do. And 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 now, I can't wait to get my lights out, put on my Burzum or my Satyricon. You know, early Satyricon, later Satyricon's a bit easier to listen to, and they are brilliant live absolutely brilliant live i saw i had the privilege of seeing them at the basement here in canberra three or so years ago oh amazing i missed them at soundwave because i was on a different stage i couldn't get to that stage but gosh they were just yeah um i got to see witchery uh, at the gates and um the haunted a couple of years ago as well and you know by far the headline act, witchery. And by far the highlight, Nosferatu. YouTube it, brilliant. Got a great photograph um, with the lead singer. Uh, it's, he's just, he was a giant of a man, but so friendly. He hated Aussie beer. <laughs> don't blame him. Um, don't hate me for that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's my funny story. I just think... It, it's hilarious for me that um, the delicious irony, and I just said that's so thick and lush, the irony. If you could, oh, I said, like, put it in a jar, spit it on your toast in the morning, it's that thick. Anyway, that's my chit-chat for the week on black metal. If I've missed anything, I apologise. It's a potted history. I may have missed stuff. Um, I may have misread stuff. If you know more than I do, brilliant. As I said, get touch with me and give me some information, some feedback. We're now on Spotify, soon to be on iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio. Um, I'm hoping to get a website up and ready soon as well. Uh, thanks for coming on this journey. I really mean it, guys. It come from a really, I come from a really crappy audio to this. I've had great help, great feedback, great, um, you know, keep up at it. Um, and uh, I think next week. Next week I'm I'm gonna well well I won't say what we're gonna do because um, I might change my mind but I think we might look at um, influential vocalists metal and non-metal I reckon and uh, we'll have a chat about um, why they are so what makes them so and uh, and all that sort of stuff in between okay uh, you keep safe thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye, guys.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 